Do you want to reach your full kingdom potential? Welcome to Walking in the Spirit with Carlos Rivera. Listen, it's not enough to desire something. You gotta do something. Man, I gotta say that one more time. It's not enough to desire something. You gotta do something. It's time to take action and connection, involvement and commitment to the next level. Here's Carlos Rivera. All right, God bless you. So I've entitled our gathering, Know Your why? Luke 19, 10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Unbroken focus guarantees success. You see, Jesus understood exactly why he was here. There was no question. There was no doubt why God sent him and his purpose, and of course, in Luke 19, 10, what we just read, really describes his whole purpose in one sentence, that he came to seek and save that which was lost. See, everything he said and everything he did pointed everyone to his heavenly father. He knew that his purpose was to bring the kingdom of God for us to realize why God loved us so much, to realize who God really was. And that was his why, that was his why. And I believe that many of us need to know why we're here. Listen, once you know your why, then that's gonna propel you to the next level. Once you understand your purpose, you're gonna know the things that discourage you and disrupt you from your purpose, that those things need to be pushed to the side. They need to be uh, overcome. They need to be sometimes even ignored and just continue to go fully in the direction that God wants you to go. Knowing your why opens the door to how. See, when you learn why you're here, God will instruct you on how to do it. Oh, come on now. See, God's word reveals your purpose and then contains the blueprint on how to execute the plan. Discovering your purpose removes distractions. When God not only tells you why you're here, but then begins to show you how you need to do it, then that's when all of a sudden you'll walk in the purposes of God. You'll see the Lord doing great and mighty things, but now you're walking in fulfillment and in greatness because you're doing what God has called you to do. God will begin to unfold and unpack that for your life. So now you're able to do what the Lord has designed you to do. See, once you know why you're here, anything that hinders your purpose is a diversion and of course, we push that to the side because we need to stay focused, clearly focused on why we're here and how to get there. And I believe that part of the process, because God does everything in a process, amen? So part of that process for us to not just know our why, but then how to do it is also to execute the plan is we also need to endure correction. Oh, here we go. Hebrews chapter two, verse six, and then we're gonna jump to verse 11, says this. For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines and afflicts every son whom he receives. Now, no discipline for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to them which are applied in this manner. So important to understand that if you know your why, then sometimes on that path on how we get there, it's very easy sometimes to be sidetracked, 
uh, sometimes to go to the left or to the right when we should be going straight. So correction, right, is the basic correcting your course is something that we need to be conscious of. You know, when a ship is on the ocean, the waves are tossing to and fro. And you know, uh, when I was in the military, I was on an aircraft carrier, and you gotta make sure that the course that you're on is the correct course. If the winds blow, the waves push you in one direction, then you have to constantly be correcting your course to arrive at your destination, right? So correcting your course is super important. See, wisdom begins with correction. Wisdom begins with correction. In other words, being open to correction. If you're going off course, sometimes we don't see it, but others do. You know, maybe we have somebody in our life that we allow to speak into our lives and they may want to correct something that you're doing because we want to make sure that you stay on course. But you know, correction is not always easy to get because of our pride, right? It's like, man, what? You're trying to tell me what to do, right? And I believe that, that this is probably the most difficult part of our Christian walk is staying open to correction. Maybe to allow a pastor or a spiritual leader or somebody. See, at the end of the day, errors must be exposed. Mistakes must be admitted. Listen, we don't get it right 100% of the time. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest. I miss the mark every day. <laughs> but I love the way the Lord continues to correct my path and correct my course. I can stay on the right path. If you think back over your life, who was the person that taught you the most? I bet he or she was probably one who corrected you the most as well, right? When a teacher's grading your paper, she used a red pen or a red, and she circled things and corrected them, right? And we're like, man, every time we saw marks with a red pen on our paper, it was like, oh, I did something wrong. But you know what? It's okay to admit you did something wrong, but we allowed the teacher to correct it because she was our teacher and she used a red pen. Listen, when you look in the Bible, you'll see Jesus speaking, especially if you have what's called a red letter Bible, where all the words of Jesus are in red. Come on, somebody. Not only is he teaching us, but he's also correcting us. God's word even says that the word of God is good for correction. So we go to God's word and you'll see that this is such an important part of becoming a soldier, a disciplined soldier of Christ, a man and woman of God who says, oop, I dropped the ball, I messed up, I admit it, and accept the correction and the discipline sometimes that comes with it, right? If you can't be corrected, you'll stay corrupted. Oh, come on now. I'm just keeping it real, man. If you can't be corrected, you'll stay corrupted. And so many people, sometimes they'll get upset. They'll leave churches because someone tried to bring correction in their lives. But sometimes we can be so stiff-necked and hard-headed and so prideful that we won't receive the correction. When you do receive it, you humble yourself, receive it, and then move forward. You're always better than you were. Part of that correction and part of staying on course is to make sure that we're tuning in and we're allowing the right things to come into our lives, right? First Samuel chapter 16, verse 23, in God's word, it says this, and it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took a harp 
and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Part of running this race of staying on course with God is to make sure we create the climate that unlocks the best in us. See, anointed worship music, you know, music that lifts up the name of Jesus, music that is anointed of God because the people who perform the music are anointed. See, that music changes something on the inside. That's why it's so important. I can't even stress how important it is to be in church and be there early because worship is part of the process that God begins to work in our hearts. You see, we lift up our hands and we hear that anointed music. God begins to lift burdens through the anointing of God. And you see, when we do that, it prepares our hearts and our minds uh, to receive the word of God. So we need anointed music and anointed worship to plow the hardness that's in our hearts at times. Listen to music that glorifies our heavenly father. See, the Bible says that the Lord inhabits our praises and he inhabits our praises when we worship him. Then the anointing and the power of God fills our hearts and fills our minds. We're able to think clearly. We put on the mind of Christ. We put on the full armor of God to engage the enemy. When we worship, it's not just singing a song. Worship is a weapon. And when we begin to worship God, I'm telling you, when God's presence enters, depression must exit. So when we worship the Lord and his presence fills us, depression and all the things that are wearing us down, the thoughts of this world and just all the distractions, all those things are pushed to the side. When God's presence shows up, depression and anguish and all these frustrations begin to exit our lives and God's presence. What does it do? In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness. <laughs> there is fullness of joy. Amen. So, so praise God. That's the power of God and, and that's the word of God for today. And I hope you were blessed and encouraged by God's word. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful. Lord, you're such a good God, such a marvelous God. We bless you, Lord. We praise you. And we thank you, Father God. Even now, Lord God, we just turn our hearts over to you. We surrender to you, oh God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Just have your way in our lives. Let your will, not our will, be done this day, Father, in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for meeting every need in our lives, oh God. We thank you that you provide for everything. And we praise you for you are our heavenly Father. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you right now, God, for forgiveness. Forgive us of our sins, oh God. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness that we may walk, Lord God, in your presence in the fullness of who you are in our lives. And Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for surrounding us with your angels and guarding us and protecting us throughout this day. And in Jesus' name, we bless you and thank you for your faithfulness to us. Your word says that your mercy is renewed every morning. So thank you for being a merciful Heavenly Father. And Lord, I just praise you right now. Thank you, Lord God, that we can know why, that we can know our why. 
why we're here, why we're called. We, then we can find out how to, to implement, Lord God, your knowledge and your talents that you've placed inside of us, your gifts, oh God, how you can place, how we can utilize those to glorify your name, to bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus. And Lord, help us to endure correction, Lord God. Help us to correct our course. Help us to allow others to speak into us, oh God, that we wouldn't be so humble. We would drop that attitude and just not be so prideful, oh God. And we just thank you so much, oh God, that you love us so much that you won't let us stay where we are. You'll correct our path to make sure we reach our destination in you, Father. Lord, help us to surround ourselves with music that lifts up your name that will edify us as well, God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray for salvation right now for all of those on our prayer list, Lord God, those that need salvation in Jesus' name. Draw them in, bring them in by the cross in Jesus' name, oh God. And Father, I thank you right now for your healing virtue. And Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for your faithfulness, for your love, for your grace. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are the God of resurrection and the God of power in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you right now for breaking strongholds, breaking bad habits, and, and just things that bind us up in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of depression be gone and oppression be gone right now in Jesus' name. And we just thank you and praise you for joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we thank you right now, Father. And we thank you that every goal is being achieved. Every dream is being attained. In Jesus' name, Lord God, manifest your power. Manifest your glory, oh God, that we can live, Lord God, the life of abundance, the life of increase that you have for every one of us. And Father God, we thank you for the victory. We just praise you for it. We're so glad that you hear our prayers and that you are more than willing and able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or think or imagine. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your promises. We receive them now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Makes me want to jump up and down right here where I'm at. Oh, God is so good. First Corinthians chapter two, verse five in God's word, it says that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So God bless you. And remember, when you're walking in the spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Walking in the Spirit with Carlos Rivera. Don't forget to share this podcast. Let us know how God is working in your life and how we can pray for you. If you wonder about it, wander around it, worry about it, join us for fresh inspiration and motivation from the Word of God with new episodes available every Friday. Connect with Carlos at carlosmrivera.com.